So Christmas is over. And you know, Christmas is that time of year where we've been reflecting upon the coming of Christ into the world, the truth that the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came into the world. God has come. What a great truth. But Christmas is over, and now what? What about us? What's our role in the story of God? You know, if Christmas is about reflecting on God's mission to save us, what then is our mission? Well, today we're going to look at the life of John the Baptist, and this is precisely the question that his life answers for us. You see, in the Old Testament, the people of God waited for their Messiah. They longed for Him. And they began to lose hope when the years went by without His coming. But all along the way, there were prophets who kept pointing to Jesus. They were saying, wait for Him, wait for Him. He's coming, we promise. And the voice of the prophets culminated in the New Testament when the greatest prophet, John the Baptist, came and announced that Jesus had come. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So this right here is a picture of Karl Barth's desk. Karl Barth is one of the most influential theologians to ever live. Definitely the most influential theologian of the 20th century. And you know, it's a pretty rare thing that a theology professor would ever make the cover of Time magazine. But Karl Barth did. That's how well known and how well respected he was. And this here, like I said, is a picture of his desk. And if you notice, there's a painting just above his desk. And it's a replica of Matthias Grunewald's famous painting, The Crucifixion. Bart was often asked what he loved about this painting, and he would always tell people who asked, he would say, would you look to the right of the painting? Look at John the Baptist's finger, the way that it's pointing to Jesus. That's my favorite part of the painting, because that is what I want my life to be about, pointing to Jesus. Now, those are wise words from a wise man. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is your purpose. This is your role in the story of God. Whatever success, whatever path your life takes, your life is really all about one thing, and that is pointing to Jesus. And this is what John the Baptist was all about, pointing to Jesus. And the really important thing I think we can learn from John the Baptist is this. He knew how to speak of himself, and he knew how to speak of Jesus. And you know, we as Christians, we must learn how to think and how to speak of ourselves, and we need to learn how to think and speak of Jesus. So, how do we think of ourselves? And John, uh, the, the apostle, tells us three things about the life of John the Baptist. And that is, it tells us who we are not, who we are, and who Jesus says we are. Look at verse 19 in John chapter 1. It says, And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, Well, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet then? And he answered, No. First thing I want you to see this morning is that we need to know who we are not. And John the Baptist said, I am not the Christ. You know, it seems like a strange way to answer the question, who are you? I mean, who would say, somebody ever said, hey, who are you? Uh, I don't know if I would say, I'm not the Christ. But you have to understand that John had developed quite a following out in the desert. People were coming to listen to his sermons. And in the historical context, there were all sorts of messianic expectations in the air. And people were seeing John preach and they were asking, they were saying, is this, is this guy the Messiah? And that's why John says, when they say, who are you? He says, hey, look, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the one you're looking for. I am not the Christ. And that seems easy to say, doesn't it? But do you believe it? Many of us need to know that we are not the Christ, that we are not the Savior of the world. Because nothing will hinder your role as a witness to Jesus more than thinking that you are the Savior. That's where self-righteousness comes from. 
And our default mindset, though, it really is that we think we are the Savior, either of our own lives or the lives of others. You know, over the course of my ministry, I've had the opportunity to lead several mission trips to various parts around the world. And one of the first points I always make during when I'm training a team is that you are not going to this country to save anyone. You are not the Savior. That's an easy thing to think. You know, when we go to some impoverished country, we think we're the Savior, that we have all the answers. Where would these people be if it weren't for us? We can think to ourselves if we're not careful. But we need to know that we are not the Christ. Our role in any situation is to point to Jesus. Jesus' role is to be the Savior. You are not the Christ. Your job is to point to Jesus, who is the Christ. Realizing that you are not the Christ can actually be a very painful thing. You know, when you realize that you have no power over your mother's cancer, or when you realize that you cannot change your child's rebellious heart, only Jesus can do those things. But what we can do in those situations is point to Him. Do you believe that you are not the Christ? It's one of the hardest things to admit. That even our greatest accomplishments, that our wealth, that our influence in the light of Christ are worthless compared to Him. We are not the Christ. We are, those, we are the ones who point to Christ. John the Baptist also said, they said, well, who are you? He said, I'm not Elijah. Now, that's another strange thing. Why would he say this? John the Baptist is actually quoting the last words of the book of Malachi, the last words of the Old Testament. And in these final verses of the Old Testament, God promised, He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of those who hear him. You see, every, everyone knew this promise from the Bible. This promise that before the Messiah would come, Elijah would precede him. And John says, hey, I'm, not, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Christ. And so they say, well, hey, are you Elijah? And he says, no, I'm not Elijah either. And then he says, I, I'm, not the, I'm not the prophet. Well, what does this mean? Well, in Deuteronomy 18, Moses said that one day the Lord would send a messenger, a prophet, to whom everyone must listen. And they say, well, okay, you're not the Christ, you're not Elijah. Well, who are you? Are you, are you that prophet? And John says, I, I'm not. Well, who are you, they, say, they ask. They, we need to know. John says, I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah, I'm not the prophet. John tells us who he is not, and then he tells us who he is. Look at verse 22. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself, John the Baptist? And he said, I'm just the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Verse 24 says, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Well, then why are you baptizing if you're neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them. He says, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. The second thing we need to see this morning is that we need to know who we are. John the Baptist knew who he was. And what did he say about himself? And this is where we ought to pay attention because this is who we are as well. John says, hey, I'm just the voice in the wilderness. He says, I'm a preacher, but I am not the preacher. I have a prominent role but it is not the most prominent role. My job is to point to the most important one. I'm just a voice speaking about the, about the name of all names. What a humble recognition of our role in the kingdom, that we're just a voice speaking about what is true and what is great. Who are you? 
If you're a Jesus follower, you ought to be merely a voice speaking of the name of Jesus in all you do. John then says, I'm the one who baptizes with water. You know, the people asked John the Baptist, they said, well, why are you baptizing if you're not the Christ? Why do you do this? And he replied, I baptize with water, but Jesus baptizes by the Spirit. John says, my work is done with human hands by human means. If anything happens in these baptisms, it's not me. It's the Spirit of God. It's not the work of my hands. Now, right here, we see our mission as followers of Jesus very clearly. We are not the Christ, but we do have a mission. And that mission is to speak and to act and to preach and to love. And we share the message of Jesus with our words and with our hands. But in the end, we do these things not to save anyone, but to point to the one who saves. You know, if our words result in people coming to know Jesus, it's the Spirit who did that. If in our serving, it results in people knowing Jesus and being blessed, it's the Spirit who did that. You know, one of the things I pray every single week before I stand up to preach is I take my sermon notes and I offer them to God. I say, God, these are my words. I wrote them on my computer this week. Would you do something with them? God, you turned water into wine, and I believe that you can turn these words into something by your Spirit. Now, the truth is, I work hard on my sermons. A lot of study goes into it, research, prayer, but in the end, my sermons are simply the work of my head and my hands. And on Sundays, I give these words as an offering to the Lord, and I say, God, do with it as you please. I mean, the sermon today is just words on a teleprompter. Words from my mouth, it's water, but by the Spirit and by the power and the goodness of God, He can turn these words into sweet wine. And God does that with your words as well. The words of blessing that you speak over your children, the words of encouragement to a friend, the words of love to a family member. We speak Jesus, and Jesus turns those words into something He can use to bless others. John says, I'm the one who baptizes with water, but it's Jesus who baptizes by the Spirit. And then Jesus says, or then John says, I am unworthy to tie Jesus' sandals. Now this is significant because in ancient Jewish culture, disciples would often perform various tasks for their rabbis. But there was one thing they would never do. They would never touch someone's feet. I mean, this is a Mediterranean climate. And when you take dry, dusty, hot climate and mix it with sweaty feet, that's not a good combination. That's disgusting. To tie someone's sandals would have been so disgusting and so demeaning that it was even considered to be beneath a slave. It was so dehumanizing to untie someone's sandals that the law actually required that you had to do it yourself. Slaves were protected in this regard. They they did not have to touch their master's feet. But John says, I'm not even worthy to touch Jesus' feet. What a picture of humility. John takes the lowest place. And this is interesting because... Think of who's saying this. This is John the Baptist. He was born through a miraculous birth. I mean, this was a, he was a big deal. People came from all over the place to hear him speak and to preach. Jesus even says in Matthew 11 that John is the greatest man to ever live. Now, that's quite an endorsement from the Son of God, don't you think? But yet, when John compared himself to Jesus, he saw his unworthiness. And then, listen, this isn't John speaking of himself like Eeyore. This isn't, he isn't saying, oh, poor, pitiful me. He's not being self-deprecating here. This is John saying that in comparison to who Jesus is, I am nothing and I am unworthy to even touch his feet. He is that great. I am unworthy to tie his sandals because Christ is so amazing. And we need to know who we are not. 
And we need to know who we are in relation to Jesus. But more important than any of that is that we need to know what Jesus says about us. Now look at who Jesus says John is. Now, we know who John thinks he is. John was asked all these questions. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? No. Are you the Christ? No. John knows who he is, but listen to what, who Jesus says John is. And this, does, this actually here doesn't come from the Gospel of John, but rather the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 11. But in Matthew 11, the people asked Jesus, they said, Is John a prophet? And Jesus replied, A prophet? Oh yeah. Yes, I tell you, he is more than a prophet. And he continues in verse 14, he says, If you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. John says, I'm not Elijah. But Jesus says, Behold, Elijah, the one who is greater than a prophet. Now, that sure seems like a contradiction. John says, I'm not Elijah, but Jesus says he is Elijah. But it's not a contradiction. This actually shows the contrast between John's view of himself and Jesus' view of him. Jesus confers on John his true identity and his true significance. John says, I'm not the prophet, but in the end, it's Jesus who gets to say who John is. And we say, I'm not this, or I'm not that, or I can never do that. But in the end, it is Jesus who is the one who gets to declare who you are. That's how salvation works. We admit who we are not, and then Jesus in His grace tells us who we truly are. When we admit that we are sinners, Jesus in His grace then declares that we are saints. Jesus always makes more of us than we make of ourselves. We may not be worthy to touch the straps of Jesus' sandals, but Jesus exalts us to His place, and He is the one who humbly serves us. That's why it's so scandalous when Jesus washed His disciples' feet. That's why it was so scandalous at Christmas to think of how Jesus stepped down from heaven to become a child. Christmas shows us just how much God is willing to humble Himself, to love us, and to save us. Jesus goes lower. Jesus goes even lower on the cross when He dies for our sins. And this is what drives us to be witnesses. This is the story we point to with our lives. 2 Corinthians 8-9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you by His poverty might become rich. You see, when we know who we are, when we become aware of who God says we truly are, that's when we are ready to point to Jesus. We are not the saviors, He is. But the Savior makes a way for us to be called righteous. And so we point to Him. We point to the One who has changed our names from sinner to saint. And this is what I want for our church in 2021. I want us to be a church that points to Jesus. I don't want us to be a church that points to ourselves, but we point to the One who has been good to us, who has saved us, who has redeemed us, who has called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. So church, let's point to Jesus in this new year. Let me pray for you. God, thank you that you always speak a truer word over us than we speak of ourselves. God, when we humble ourselves before you, you will exalt us. God, we thank you for John the Baptist who paved the way for the Messiah. He pointed to you. He turned the people's attention to you. And God, would you give us the strength and the courage to be like John the Baptist? and to point our our neighbors and to point our city to you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, would you give us grace in 2021? And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you're just joining us, uh, I want to say thank you for worshiping with us. Um, We're about to sing one last song. And while that song is playing, there's a button in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. It just says live prayer. 
If you need somebody to pray with you, if you, want, if you need to just share something with a leader in our church, if you click that button, it'll open up a private chat with just you and one of our deacons or one of our pastors. And we would love to minister to you and serve you in any way. So as we sing, press that button. We would love to minister to you. Thanks, Crossroads.